Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. This is Asian Pop Nation on Sin, and you are here with your EP, Jesse. Today I will be joined by Ethan, Lee, Tracy, Alicia, Zenya, and our new member, Tharuki, who you'll definitely be hearing more from later on in the show. You guys just heard Slow by Jackson Wang and Chiara, which was their collaboration track at Coachella. Speaking of music, we have a very music-centric show tonight, starting off with a musical corner where us here at APN will be running down some of the tracks that we've been bobbing our heads to recently. Of course, we also can't do without a very special welcome segment for our new member, Tharuki. And Tracy will also be doing an entire segment about the death grip Boy's Planet has had on her after the last episode aired recently. And for the first time in forever, Anime Attack is back, where I will be going on a spiel about the shows that I have watched recently. Now, with all that to look forward to, stay tuned as we play a couple more songs for you guys, starting off with Next Page by Ive. Welcome back to Asian Pop and Nation. This is, of course, your EP, Jesse here. Uh, you guys just listened to D&D by A-Pink, which is from their EP, Self. And it was also recently announced that four out of the five members left their company and joined a new one altogether. Man, amazing. Uh, and before that, you guys heard Why by Kepler, which is from their EP Love Struck, and it is a B-side song. And even more before that, you guys heard Next Page by Ive, which is from their LP Ive Ive, and it is a B-side mentioned in our music corner that is coming right up so some of you guys may or may not have known that we did have a small little break period during our apn run between season one and now season two i don't think any of us have acknowledged that we're currently in the new season as well oh my god <gasps> season two of apn 2023 during this break i think a lot of us just took the time to like chill and relax and kind of catch up with some new recent music that's um, we all kind of wanted to share amongst each other and of course with you guys, the listeners here. And we have a whole lot to talk about. Some songs that you might have already heard as you're scrolling around the internet because some of these songs have really, like, they have been everywhere. And some which might be like a new thing you can add to your playlist. So we have a lot to go through. So I guess who wants to start off with like a song that they just want to like get this one out there asap like you must listen to it now okay let's talk about kitsch let's have a kitsch discussion well okay when i first listened to it um it was after the alexa interview and we were just messing around decompressing and ethan and leisha well mainly ethan decided to uh be like oh there's this new i've song that i should listen to and live reaction or something and so i listened to it and i was like hmm not a big fan of the chorus but it's okay it was it wasn't good it wasn't bad it was just there and then as i um continue to come across it it's kind of been growing on me and it's been stuck in my head more than their other song which i think is actually the title track and like kitsch is like a b-side i think i feel like i've just been shoved into the world of um are you yeah. a kitsch apologist now wow. so I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that but it's my impression is better than when i first listened to it wow uh, ethan how do you feel you've poisoned a mind with <laughs> my eyes we're not even apologists we just love the song man you just don't get it <laughs> I, I, what, I don't know okay like even even like disregarding like the like why i think i like the song or whatever it's just, it's just like if it's like that out there if it's like that audacious to me i find that more like interesting and especially if it's like so controversial that apparently everyone doesn't like it but like you think it's good like obviously that's gonna have more sentimental value to you because it's like mm-hmm. oh my god this is my song guys this is my this it's is my yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, not not Zim Zalabim, <laughs> but um, I I don't know. I I just really I can't put into words why I like Kitsch so much. It's just like it's been a long time since I've liked the song this much in K-pop. I I think it's just like it's so emblematic of like everything about K-pop being so out there and so like so jarring, but also so much fun. Like if you watch the live stages for Kitsch as well, which I really highly recommend, mm. everything from like the bridge on towards the end is so much fun, and you can tell that they're having so much fun dancing to it it's just like oh my gosh it's so good it's actually so good but yeah kitsch 
I think since they've released the album, I think we should actually play it maybe after this segment even because it has like me, like Jesse, it's grown on me a lot, Kitsch. Mm. Like I didn't like it at first. I was like, I mm, know oh they've ended their perfect streak of singles, but it has jumped on me a lot. I like it better than the uh, the title track of the album they ended up releasing, which is I Am. Leisha, you were going to talk about Doja Chung. Oh yes, hello. In the sea of, I think, predominantly a lot of the songs we talk about are in the K-pop space. I think what I'm going to mention next will be the final song, like a final artist and song that is within like the K-pop realm. Uh, it is the new NCT subunit called NCT Do Jung, but they released their first little mini album titled Perfume. And I have been listening to this nonstop. I have a problem. Um, <laughs> I think in the sea of current like K-pop industry, where it is predominantly a lot of minors that are in the industry, this sort of debut and it, like the whole concept and everything is just so inherently sexy that I'm just like, whoa. But it's just a very like sensual-esque type of album. My favorite songs on the album are Strawberry Sunday and Can We Go Back? And I think Can We Go Back in particular is very like those typical songs from like boy bands that are like, please come back to me. Like I miss you, da, 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 that sort of vibe. But I love it. I eat it up every time. But yeah, I really like that. I think the concept's very cool. Can't wait to see them like perform this and stuff in shows. Like, oh my god. But yes, let's move past from all the K-pop stuff. Because I think next, the next few ones on the dot points, we've got certain someone who has wrote some artists. I want to suspect that it's Lee based on how you wrote it. Yes, yeah. Lee, explain yourself. So last week, Du Bei, is that her name? Coffee? Yes, we fumbled her tickets twice because she posted like a second show. Um. Anyways, so after that, I've been listening to or like rediscovering her albums. And I really, really like this one song, which is Leisha's favorite song. Falling oh behind. God. Oh my god! Mm. Yes, it is. We played so... it on the show. Yes, yes. It's so relatable, unfortunately. But <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, I've just been like rediscovering her whole like what I know about love album. Very good stuff. Makes me very depressed, but it's like disguised as such a nice like jazzy, cool song, and then the lyrics are like. They really, then, like, hit. Yeah, they, they <laughs> actually hit. But, yeah. And then another artist I've been listening to is Lamp, which I don't know why I didn't actually start listening to them sooner because they are very good. I really like... I think my favourite song is The Last Train at 25 O'Clock. I think it's a love story. It's about two lovers that missed their last train. And then the other one... Here you go, Zenya. <laughs> Yeah, I think Niju Sainokoi, which means 20-year-old love. Yeah, I really like that song as well. There's like a, like, you can only hear the girls singing, but when you like put the volume up all the way, you can hear the, the guy singing like with her, which like, I don't know, I just really like that little detail that I only found out yesterday. Very cool. That is all from me. That was so good. Mm. I just want to say, that was so good. Like, Lamp they're just very great. comforting sort of. Yeah indie rock like it just feels very warm and mm. like like a big hug so uh, definitely check out the, i think their their most famous album is probably their 2004 album for lovers mm. like it, i always see that in like lists of like best japanese music or whatever yeah uh, who wants to work kumiko though hi <laughs> hi it's his eye once again i'll i'll um the next two ones that are just there are uh, artists that I've just been listening to in general I will do a very quick speed run um, but basically I've actually along with Lee who just started like started listening to Lamp I've also just recently started to listen to this Japanese female artist named Kumi Koda and I found her originally on TikTok because I was just scrolling through my feed I tend to just get a lot of like content where people are just like hey if you like this artist you should check out these ones and she popped up as like a like an artist that I should definitely like listen to and stuff like that especially if you're very into like early 2000s R&B sound but yeah I really really like her stuff I think in terms of like 
I guess what she is most known for and what like what I've researched is that she's kind of the artist that either like either was like a pioneer or was like a popularized the Aero Kakoi style, which is basically a mix of like uh sexy cool. Like she was the artist that kind of was like bridging those two things and created this like or probably at least popularized this specific style. If you watch a lot of like her videos, I think mo- most of them are now on on YouTube because she had like an anniversary and then boom, they like uploaded all of them and I was like, huzzah! But she is just like a person who's very in touch with like her sexuality and stuff like that. And it's just very like empowering to like, I don't know, just seeing her like live that life, especially in the early 2000s. I cannot imagine the sort of like initial backlash and stuff that she might have faced, but to see her like literally walking, it's just so cool. She is like literally so cool. And my particular two favorite songs I really like are Butterfly. Um, And then another one of my favorite ones is Juicy. That one, don't listen to it with your parents around. That's all I have to say. Um, Or at least like don't watch the music video on like a TV where your whole family is around. Especially if you have very conservative um, Asian parents. That is all I have to say. But um, she's just so cool. And I'm like, damn, if I knew her sooner, like, oh, I would have loved like her so much as like a role model. But she's amazing. And then uh, quickly, of course, another artist. I've obviously been listening to his music for a long time. If you look to listen to our interview, hee <laughs> hee, wink, wink. But... <laughs> I've just, in general, been listening to a lot of Pum Bin Furit. I think Lee also fits in the same boat as well, because we talk a lot about it between the two of us. Like, oh my god, after the interview, we've just been listening to, like, more stuff from his, like, latest album, the Grandjai, uh, Grandjai piece, or, like, all of his other works. We've just been, like, chatting between the two and all that stuff, so... Of course, gotta even give him a shout out. Finally, lastly, someone put a new album that comes from the artist Yeji, and please speak of Forever Holy Peace. <laughs> yes, this is gonna be the last. This is gonna be the last thing we talk about this segment. I really, really enjoyed the new album from Yeji, um, American Korean artist. Um, she has a new album out called With a Hammer. It was released on the 7th of April and I've been listening to it a lot. It's um, She's in the past been known for mainly sort of electronic sort of dance-ish music. Not EDM, but like dance music. I don't know how to describe it. But this album sort of ventures into more different genres. I think it's definitely a really good thing if you like sort of more experimental music. Um, music that sort of sounds like it's it doesn't work, but it does. And that is all I have to say about this album. Definitely check it out. Uh, I really like the song. Let's get it, get it done. Let's get it done. Um, and probably we'll play it this week or next week. Um, and with that, that is just a quick snapshot of what we've been listening to these past weeks. Um, hopefully it's inspired you to check out some of the songs, some of the artists we've talked about. Welcome back to Asian Pop Nation. You guys just heard Congo Rikishi Statues by Wednesday Campanella, and it is from their EP Rabbit Star. And before that, you guys heard Ichigo Miruku by Tom and Anna Mori. And before that, you guys heard Done Let's Get It by Yeji, which is from their LP With a Hammer. Now, I heard I said welcome as I was introducing this. And we will also be welcoming one of the new members that have joined us for season two, Saruki. So if you guys want to know more about her, we will be chatting with her a bit more. As some of your listeners may know, we just recently started our season two of APN. And typically what tends to occur during our new season is sometimes we have some new faces or in your case, new voices that you'll be hearing on our airwaves and actually right now we are going to be introducing one of our new APN team members we have Tarufi here yay hey girl how you going (laughs) not too bad it's been interesting to you know see how everything works out in the recording phase I can imagine it is definitely a mixture of emotions of like intimidating but also chaoticness <laughs> all roll into one but welcome aboard very happy for you to be in our team and I guess I don't know is there something that you want to like 
say to the listeners as kind of like their first introduction to you? Um, I'm not quite sure, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, I am a K-pop enthusiast or like a fan or a stan, whatever you call it. Mm. I've started watching K-dramas, just haven't gotten into it. But slowly getting there, I've watched one show so far. Still questioning if I want to go down that K-drama route. Um, Mm. Yeah, obviously, I love music. I love books. I'm a book nerd. Like, give me a good book. I'll sit there, read it for hours. That's me, I guess. This is very, like, a cute, (laughs) very, like, sweet compilation, I find. And I I don't know if you mentioned it to us, but, like... How did you even, like, get into, like, K-pop in the first place? Oh, um, so I obviously started standing BTS at, like, April-ish last year. Been, like, a year of just immersing myself into it. You know, I found the joy in, you know, the music and, like, the choreography, like, you know, the colours. It's more entertaining, than western music I guess not to criticize the western music you know <laughs> k-pop was like more in like my bloodstream kind of situation I've stand bts to stray kids to 17 now and who knows what other k-pop groups I'll get into funnily enough that you like mentioned 17 because <gasps> they literally just had like a comeback just as you joined our group as well like what are your thoughts about the comeback out of curiosity um I haven't like fully listened to that little mini album release but I did listen to their new single release like that song and I'm so happy it's such a vibe oh, I could re- like listen to it on repeat it's such like a popping song, like, I don't know the word, it's just one thing I've noticed that Mingyu seems to, like, have that really hook, like a hook grasping kind of part of every song that I've listened to, and I think that's what it's also, like, the best part of the song. Um, what took me sh- into, like, shock was... Um, S-Goops having long hair, did not expect that. <gasps> oh, you're so right. The red streaks, that was different. Oh, I was also, like, not expecting, like, in the beginning of the MV Woozy coming in, like, right yeah. in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, whoa, hello. <laughs> uh, I don't know too much about Seventeen. I li- literally only know them from, like, the shows they did where they did times two dance dances of, like, their songs. And they're, like synchronization was really epic kind of like on a totally different topic you mentioned you were like a big book reader and I kind of just fangirled a bit in the inside what kind of books do you read I really want to know oh I read like all types but my main one I would say is romance maybe um historical fiction it's kind of like like the history I love like you get to learn something even like could be fictional you get to learn something from a previous century that could be factual but yet placed in a fictional like context and it's so interesting oh love books I don't know how to like describe it it's like it lets your imagination run wild and like not have to like rely on like a film or like have a film deceive what you imagine kind of situation yeah oh my god um I'm gonna need book recs from you sometime uh but also have you (laughs) have you one romance book that I really like I'm just looking at my bookshelves right now so I can remember the name which I forgot about um I think it's called You Reach Sam have you read that because like holy crap that one's a good one um but also I get what you mean with like the history being a part of it because I am a big fan of those kind of things Welcome, welcome to the team, Faruki. It's good to have you here. Yeah, thanks uh, for your coming confi- on the board. Yes, <laughs> your confidence will like improve just gradually as you get more experience. It's something that just comes with time. And the more we talk about very wacky yeah. stuff, and then you'll be talking unhinged. about your own niche things. It's the APM way. <laughs> it's a rite of passage. <laughs> You guys are listening here at Asian Pop Nation. 
And you guys just heard Debut by Brain Freeze, which is from their debut EP, Brain Wreck. And it, they are an indie group slash artist collective from Shanghai. And before that, you guys heard Addy by Peter, which is a new EP from an indie Taiwanese hip-hop artist. And even more before that, we have the new release from Seventeen called Super, which is from their 10th mini-album, FML. And it is the fastest selling album ever globally. It even surpassed Adele's 25, which is honestly mind blowing. Um, but speaking of more music related stuff, uh, Tracy has recently been in a bit of a black hole with regards to Boys Planet, which is a reality show where a bunch of trainees from different companies gather together and battle it out for a couple of months for the chance to debut in a team all together and the last episode recently aired so i'll pass it on to tracy he'll be talking a bit more about that i got a question do you like boys yes do you like k-pop boys silence okay <laughs> well over the past few months there's been a show that has featured a cast of 90 something boys and that show in question is called Boys Planet. It's a show that's been airing since February the 2nd, and it finally came to its conclusion at a live finale broadcast from Jamshill Stadium on the 20th of April. I wanted to talk about it because it has consumed far too much of my life in recent weeks. Now, Boys Planet, to give you some background, is a direct sequel to Girls Planet 999, which is the show that formed Kepler, and it's also the spiritual successor to what we call the Produce series. And the premise of all of these shows is basically the production company, Mnet, amasses 90-something trainees, mainly from small agencies, puts them in the camp, makes them prepare a bunch of performances and tussle it out for like who gets the most spotlight. And then they sort of film, dramatize everything for audiences to see for three months. These audiences then get to vote for their favorite trainees throughout the show's airing. They get to vote for like their top nine trainees and then like I think top six and then top three and then top one in the last episode. And the top ranked trainees in the final episode are basically made into a group and so far with all these produce shows and uh, spiritual successes all of these groups have been pretty wildly successful from the get-go now the name of the new group formed by the top contestants of this show was announced at the finale and the name of this new group that's going to be formed from boys planet is <laughs> zero base one uh what do you guys think of the name zero base one I would just say it's very online with how Mnet keeps wanting to name their debut groups from all these shows. They mm. all gotta have the one in the name somehow, some way, mm. and this um one of the more creative ways. <laughs> and they've all kind of had ugly names, right? So it goes yes. like IOY, which is basically 101, but IOY, and then 1R1, and then Eyes1, and then X1, and then Kepler with a 1 instead of an L. And now zero base one. In terms of the final lineup of nine trainees, this is a, honestly a pretty solid lineup. The top 18 trainees who got into the finale were all pretty good skills-wise. I would say, though, that the main surprise of the night, apart from that god-awful name, is the contestant who ranked first. So basically, for every single episode when they've released the rankings, there has been the same contestant who has ranked first the entire show, and that is Song Han Bin. Song Han Bin is like a beautiful man who looks like a China doll. He used to be a cube trainee. He left that company and then he became like a professional backup dancer, mostly specializing in like whacking. And there are so many videos of, of him online, like absolutely killing like RuPaul's Drag Race songs. Yes, RuPaul's mother. Yes, specifically. RuPaul's mother. Please look up Song Han Bin mother. Please watch it. It's it is actually movie. very good, but He's oh my God, I've seen that clip so many times. <laughs> Apart from Song Han Bin, there's also been Zhang Hao. Zhang Hao is a Chinese contestant. He ranked second in the last eliminations. And he was always someone who had a pretty big fan base. But in the actual finale, he ranked first. 
over Song Hanbin, who came second. So that was a huge surprise. Zhang Hao, I guess the reason he came first is because his fans were extremely dedicated. During Girls' Planet 999, what happened is that the foreign trainees uh, basically got voted out during the finale. A lot of people on like random forum sites were like, we don't want foreign people. And so I guess Zhang Hao fans were really um, paranoid about that happening again. So they really like turned out in droves to support him. So now for the first time ever, we have a Chinese or like even a non-Korean contestant ranking number one on an Mnet trainee survival show, which is crazy. And it has earned them a lot of like curiosity from China. They're like, oh, wow, aren't we so proud of ourselves? We're so good. Chinese people excelling as always. And then in Korea, the other side is just like the center is Chinese. Like, how can we have this? So that's been kind of interesting. I also had some backstory behind Zhang Hao. Now, Zhang Hao, he ranked number one in his entire province, which is Fujian, in his like Gaokao, which is like their VCE. He got into like a geology course at like a top uni. And then he was like, actually, I want to give it up because I want to follow my dreams and become a music teacher. And then he got his music teacher certification. And then he was like, actually, I want to follow my dreams and become a K-pop trainee. And then he ranks number one on Boys Planet. So this guy is just like, I feel like all these like jobs are just like side quests for him. I'm really glad that Zhang Hao and Song Hanbin made it. They're very talented. They're very charismatic. Audiences love them like a lot and they love them together a lot. Um, but on the other hand, it's been kind of bittersweet because a lot of trainees who are very talented didn't make it in. And I guess the biggest upset for me personally, anyway, was Keita. Keita was a Japanese trainee who's trained for like 10 years, really good, all-rounder sort of contestant. And he ranked consistently like in the top 10 in basically every single episode, but like dropped out of it in the final episode. And this happens like every single show. There's like one contestant who like drops out of the top at the last minute. And this time it was unfortunately Keita. Keita does have a group to go back to, but it's very badly managed. He is in a group called Cypher, which is managed by the singer Rain. And Rain has tried to manage several groups in the past, and none of them have been uh, successful <laughs> or as mm. successful as they deserve. So mm. I really hope the visibility he gets is enough to like bring them more success. I really hope he succeeds because he deserves it. He's very talented and very cute. And he had no Korean support because they thought he was too short, which is dumb. Um, but Damn. Anyway. Nothing for the short kings in K-pop, apparently. Nothing for the short kings. Mm-mm. I know. it's It was crazy how many people seemed to rank their top contestants based on how tall they were. It was like being shorter than 180 is a mortal sin that you must be punished for. If you're a K-pop trainee who's shorter than 1.8 meters, you're an offense to like my eyes. <laughs> like, I don't know why this is a thing. But this was a thing. And so the final group is pretty tall, with the exception of Matthew. Matthew. Our our little Canadian king who reminds me so much of Jinho from Pentagon. You had another trainee as well. Uh, At least it looks here that you were emo about. You want me to talk about my one pick? I've not heard their name so much, personally. Within, like, my friend circle of people who are voting. So I'm very curious. Your one pick. I feel like revealing your one pick is like something like deep and intimate. I think it like reveals like deep hidden truths about you. But my one pick was Camden, Na Camden, oh, aka no. Na Jubin. Who is saying, oh no, because recently something has flared up. I don't know if I want to talk about it, but basically his dad is a piece of work and has been making it hard for his own son. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about Camden. Uh, Camden is someone I liked from the first episode because I watched his audition. I thought he was really, really good at dancing. He had this really relaxed, really groovy style that is not that common in K-pop. Usually they go really sharp, really hard, impactful. And he was really good at rapping. I also really liked him at first because from the very little footage we had of him from his previous survival show and also from like the in-person events they did for Boys Planet, he seemed to be the most awkward person alive. Like he was either like completely spaced out or like awkward and embarrassed and like rocking back and forth. It was the most relatable person I've ever seen. I think if I was like thrust into like a capable training position, I would be like him. Then throughout the show, he basically became a meme because he kept on spacing out. And the way he spaces out is that his head goes to like a 45 degree angle and his whole face goes slack. So people started likening him to like androids or like light sockets or like um, this one character from a mobile game called Crying Po. I don't know. P-O-U. But he looks like a lot of different things. And then... People found out that he had an identical twin and they were like, what the hell? I bet his twin is actually like really sociable and like really extroverted to contrast with him. 
and then his twin appeared on the show in one of the final episodes. Oh. And in a plot twist, his twin is even more introverted and awkward than he is. Oh. It blew my mind when I saw this. He went super viral in Korea as well. And from there, he just basically gained fans, I guess. He's extremely um, interesting because he's not your typical idol personality. Like as in, he was scattered on Instagram. He wasn't someone who was like, I want to be an idol trainee ever since I was young. Like I think he studies software engineering or something at uni. So he's just like a big old nerd. You can see that he's incredibly embarrassed whenever people ask him to do fan service or ego or anything like that. But he tries his hardest to do it well. Um, is very endearing to me. I think also he gained a lot of fans because he's above 1.8 meters tall <laughs> and he's genuinely like, pretty skilled. So yeah, he actually got quite a lot more screen time in the later episodes. Mm. And he also like gradually like opened up, which was really nice to see and got to be goofy with other trainees because at the beginning people were like, oh my God, Camden talks. Oh my God, Camden unlocked a new emotion. Every single time he did something that wasn't in my perception of who he was, it would feel like a fever dream. And I think that was a really good experience just to see someone come out of their shell gradually over the course of the show and get better at being a K-pop idol. Anyway, yeah, so that's that's my one pick, Cam. That's your one pick. So I'm just so sappy. I'm just so sappy. <laughs> it's just your nice to hear about, <laughs> just about your passion about the series. And now that it's like over and now mm. CB1, oh, I cannot believe I'm saying that group name, but is oh my a God. thing now. Personally, for me, I'm always looking forward to like, oh, the trainees that like, quote unquote, almost make it, but they didn't. Like, where do they go after? Mm. In terms of the other trainees, I, I'm really looking forward to Red Start if they ever decide to debut their trainees because they had a really solid batch of trainees, despite Red Start themselves being a very small, unknown company. And obviously, Yuehua. Yuehua did amazingly oh, this show because they had like four trainees. Four out of nine trainees were from the same company, Yuehua. And Yuehua's last debut group was Tempest. They actually make pretty good music. Welcome back to Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. You guys just heard Strawberry Sunday by NCT Doje Jong. And before that, you guys heard Dangerous by Tempest. And even more before that, you guys heard the very catchy Jelly Pop song from the Boys Planet show. And it is also by the contestants of Boys Planet. Now, coming up next, we have a very special something that's coming back for a return. Anime Attack, obviously. Um, so it's a new season for anime, and obviously there's a lot of seasonal animes out, and I have been watching and wanting to watch a lot of them. So I will be talking more about that. So, listeners, uh, we have not had an anime segment in a very, very long time, so... This week, we're bringing back the good old anime attack uh, with some of the recent animes that I personally have been watching and maybe some other members of APN have also been watching. Uh, And the first one I want to talk about is something that has really shot up in popularity since its first episode release, because its first episode was an hour and a half long. So it's basically the length of a film at that point. and of course, I am talking about Oshinoko. And I believe before it was an anime, it was also an insanely popular manga. And since I found out that the anime was, was released, I went back and binge read the manga. So I have no, all the knowledge now. <laughs> but basically, it's a story about 16-year-old Ai Hoshino, who is a very talented and a very beautiful idol, who is very much adored. But little does her fans know that she's actually given birth to twins at 16. And what's more, both of them have memories of their past life. Uh, Interesting concept already. Um, One of the twins, which is a boy, used to be the gynecologist that was actually the gynecologist supervising I during her pregnancy. Um, And the other child, who is a girl, uh, was a sick child that that doctor was kind of involved with before that sick child died and that sick child was also very much a fan of I and I should mention that both of these reincarnated people are very much fans of I before they were reincarnated as her kids and the rest of the anime is very much going through and like revealing the dark side of like the idol and the entertainment industry and yeah that's that's the concept um 
That is a crazy concept. Every time I have to explain it, I have to go back (laughs) multiple times just to make sure I got all the details. Like, oh. Um, But yeah, I think the concept is kind of meant to make you feel a bit uncomfortable because it's, eh. I will say that from reading the manga, it gets weirder. That's all I'm going to say. It gets weirder. Uh, Wow. Yeah, it gets weird. It gets more uncomfortable, which I guess it's kind of supposed to do. Um, But it's also really good at picking apart some of, like, the realities of what goes on behind the scenes of, like, idol and entertainment industries. Um, I don't know how much I can talk about to not give Mm. away Is it really spoilerific? It's... Because right now the anime is, like, a new one of the season, so there's only, like, a couple of episodes out. But it goes over, like, um, reality TV shows, like those dating shows, that kind of thing. Like, the realities of what goes on behind it. Um, acting and, like, uh, like if you audition for something, it's not as simple as, oh, you audition and if you're good, you get chosen. There's, like, a lot of different moving parts and, like, influences behind the scenes. Um, and obviously there's that whole idol thing, which is, like, the focus of the story. But I also don't want to... I wish I could talk about this, but this is like basically a big twist at the end of the first episode, and I don't want to give that away. Um, Wait. Oh, Jesse, I'm just very curious if you've ever watched the anime film Perfect Blue by any chance. No. Okay. Have have you, Alicia? I have, actually. Oh, okay. That's kind of depressing. I'm assuming Oishinoko is a bit more lighthearted. Yeah, no. because I no, cause, oh, okay. no, because <laughs> uh, no, hold on. Uh, so the first episode, I don't think this will be giving away too much, but for like the fir- most of the first episode, it's happy, it's great. I mean, it's not really happy actually, because something happens. But at the end, there's a big twist, and then everything changes, and then from that point onwards, it just gets darker. Uh yeah, it just oh. gets darker. The male Would you recommend lead- it though? I would recommend it, but it's not for everyone. That's what I'll say. Because, like, some of the concepts introduced are a bit eh. And once you find out who their father is, uh, you don't oh. find that. I don't think you'll find that out in, like, the anime. Because I think the anime is, like, only 11 episodes. And the manga is, like, 100 and something. And they only recently revealed who the father was. But once you find out what the father, who the father is, it's like, holy crap. So moving on to something more lighthearted and completely different from what I was just talking about, we have uh, also another seasonal anime that was also just released this season. It is called My Love Story with Yamada-kun at level 999. Uh, it's a very lighthearted romance story. There's no problems with it. It's nothing like too crazy, spectacular, like you're not expecting anything crazy, spectacular, but there's also no problems with it. And it's basically about when Akane finds out that her boyfriend dumped her for a girl that he met in a game. She decides to take her anger out on the mobs in that exact game, and then she comes across the unsociable Yamada who's maxed out gaming-wise, but is also clueless otherwise. Uh, So the rest of the story is basically about her, if she'll be able to move his heart, basically. Uh, He is very... He's like that classic quiet boy, that doesn't know shit about romance. That's 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 kind of his character archetype. Oh yeah, I also did binge read this manga as well as soon as I... I'm the type that has to find out what is happening before I read an anime. That's why I binge read the manga all the time. I was that I did that with Spy X Family. <laughs> I never finished oh, the anime. I just read too. the entire manga. <laughs> me too. I, I actually did not but... do that with Spy X Family, which is like a surprise to me, but... <laughs> But um, another kind of slice and lo- slice of life romance kind of anime is Skip to Lofa, which is basically about this girl that wants to bring positive change to Japan. So she leaves her countryside town to attend a prestigious high school in Tokyo. And she enters it with a full plan laid out, thinking that everything is going to go great. But then she gets lost on the first day and... Almost is almost late, but is helped by another first year student. And I guess the rest of the anime is following her journey in forging new relationships, slash friendships, and then just growing as a person. 
And honestly, when I watched this first episode, I loved, I loved like how they were portraying things so far more so than like the first episode of like the Yamada one. Strangely enough, uh, it's interesting because I like the Yamada manga pretty well, and then this I didn't read like the manga of this one, which yeah, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I really like how they depict that not everything is going to go the way you expected and that already from like the first episode I can tell that there are some she's kind of like naive right now like she doesn't know what's going on because in like her countryside town it's like a community of people that all know each other and that kind of thing and everyone's fine and everyone's chill um but in the first episode I can already kind of tell who are well I can't tell but I I'm like I have a feeling that some of these people some is going to be some are going to be like genuine friends and some might be doing it for like a hidden motive or something but yeah I'm interested to see where this goes uh yeah maybe I've seen I- some like Instagram clips um of the couple and the guy is so cute he's like literally described as a golden retriever like guy he is a golden retriever very cute very happy and yeah, yeah the, 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 the girl literally i think the girl literally was like oh you remind me of like my dog from home and then the, the guy is like oh do you want to pat my head and she just goes for it and i'm like yes whoa that's whoa. the that's the clip i saw so cute whoa. but very, yeah very I, the guy is very cute mm. um yeah Yes, Did anyone else this. watch anything? No, but I have a question. Yeah. Out of the three anime you just talked about, uh, how would you rank them in terms of um, how much you enjoyed them and how much you would recommend them to others? Oh, that's oh, oh, oh that's a hard one. Um, they kind of fulfill different purposes in my head because the first one is vastly different. Like Oshinoko is very much deep thoughts uh you you think a lot you you get revelations and that kind of thing um I might put Oshinoko first mainly because I am uh I'm a bit biased towards sad and very meaningful animes Uh, that is my entire life but I would put that first but also oh it fulfills like different purposes and I'm like I can't. Um, in terms of like the Yamada one and the Skip to Loafer, uh, if we're just basing it off of the anime, I prefer the Skip to Loafer one right now so far, just from watching like one episode of each of them. I don't know if that's a good judgment, but um, I prefer Skip to Loafer for now, and then Yamada is probably down at the bottom, which is sad because I really like Yamada in the manga, but. <laughs> Welcome back to Asian Pop Nation. You guys just heard a bunch of songs that are basically all OSTs of some shows. Um, starting off with Janandayo by Atarashi Gakko, which is from their new EP, and it was also originally an OST for the movie Baby Assassins 2 Babies. And before that, you guys heard Kizuna no Kiseki by Millet and Man with a Mission. And this is the new Demon Slayer opening that is pretty cool. And obviously, before even more before that, you guys heard Idol by Yaosobi, which is the opening theme for Oshi no Ko, which is one of the shows that I talked very extensively about in the last segment. Now, the next part of the show is part two of the anime segment, where I'll be talking about some of the shows that I want to watch in the future. I also wanted to mention a few animes that I kind of want to start watching to add to this never-ending growing list of things that I am watching but might not ever finish. But um, The new Demon Slayer season is out. It's the Swordsmith Village arc and it is very much anticipated and also very much hyped up. So I am excited for what that brings. Because uh, Demon Slayer has always been pretty good in terms of like animation and story and that kind of thing. And yeah. And did another you, anime. Hmm? Sorry, for the Demon Slayer. Did you read the manga mm. before? Yeah. Have you finished it? Very yeah. cool. So yeah. you know what that guy looks like under the mask, hey? Yes, I do. Yes, oh, I do. When he yes. is animated. Oh my no. god. 
yeah uh look forward to that guys cough um <laughs> another one that i've seen kind of clips floating around on tiktok mm. is hell's paradise Mm. which is basically a story about like a ninja assassin person that's known for being very cold and emotionless and he he killed a lot of people i think and then he was kind of framed or set up by another ninja and is now on death row um he kind of he's kind of tired of all the killing and everything and he wants to die but um nobody can kill him which i don't know how that logic works but this is anime logic but from what I've seen, basically there's people that wield axes and swords, they try to cut his feet off, they try burning him at the stake, they try all sorts of things, and he just doesn't die. Um, but then also he realises that he doesn't really want to die, he kind of wants to live because he wants to return to his wife, which is, who is one of the reasons, well, who she's basically the reason why he kind of gained emotions and didn't become an effective assassin anymore and yeah and then I think one of the last people that tried to execute him was actually probably gonna kill him um but instead of killing him she's like you know what uh you join this expedition to the island and to to an island that's very mysterious and dangerous and you obtain this elixir of life and if you do that, you'll be pardoned by the shogunate. Yeah, the shogunate. And go back to live your life with the, your wife. Um, and I think that one also has just a few episodes out. And I haven't watched it yet. But I'm very interested because I've seen it everywhere. Even Me in like too. manga form. Me too. It looks yeah, like, do you really like the it? art style. I, I probably will watch it. Um, but yeah, the art style is really nice in the manga anyways. And mm. just the story, like, I love, like, that adventure. Oh, we're going to a mysterious island. What are we going to find there? Hey. Anything, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um. Did anyone else have anything, watch or want to watch anything else anime related? Because it's mostly been me this entire segment. Really? It's been a while. I've just been reading manga lately. Um, and when I finished that, uh, there's a lot of manga I wish would be adapted into anime, but I highly doubt it'll happen anytime soon. But you know, I hope and pray. <laughs> Yo, if like the Yona of the Dawn ever gets a new season, that is when we will know that our answers have fine, our prayers have finally been answered. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, Jesse. oh, uh. I think we mentioned like a couple of weeks ago about this Riliana anime that's coming out and mm. the first episode was <laughs> I read the entire webtoon after we mentioned it. Already. <laughs> how the hell the hell the hell the hell the hell the I hell. was great. I loved it. Again, it's this whole thing of like, oh, it's getting an anime series. I'll read it first and then I never watch the anime. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It was, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, the first episode I wish the animation was better, honestly, but it is what it is um but yeah it was it was good it was kind of it was what i expected and i wish that it had more but it's the first episode so i'm gonna give it some leeway mm. um jesse yeah. have you watched or read vinland saga no oh my god i feel like with sh- all like the very um popular ones like i haven't watched any of like the ghibli movies either and like that's usually what everyone is like yo why haven't Whoa. you watched that and i'm like Am why I haven't really you watched that, that? <laughs> what? <laughs> i don't know why nah, take, your never time, got... take your time no rush i've never gotten back into it so mm. yeah. yeah yeah i i watched vinland saga like the first season when it came out oh and and then i like read the manga and then like it was this whole thing that was like the first season was actually just a prequel and then the manga is like where the actual story starts and then finally i think this year they just released season two oh which i haven't watched because i've already read it but you know yeah it's very cool i yeah like there's a lot of lessons to learn from from the anime but (laughs) (laughs) yeah very cool but is there anything else that anyone wants to oh, watch? One more before we kind of end things off. Uh, mm-hmm. I was reading this manga a little while back. I don't think I ended up finishing it. 
but it was kind of like a, this cute story of like this girl that was meant to be sacrificed to this beast king and like she didn't end up getting sacrificed and the beast king ended up like taking her as his bride or something it sounds very very wrong but it is actually kind of cute and what is it yeah called? apparently that's been adapted into an anime now which i was very surprised about like that got adapted into an anime but like so many other things haven't but wait do you know the name of that um it's called the sacrificial princess and the king of beasts so yeah i see alicia just dying over there why are you dying (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) okay um but anyway, uh, if you guys have watched any of the animes mentioned above, or if you guys would like to tell us about some good animes this season, uh, reach out to us on Asian Pop Nation across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have fun watching anime, guys. This is Asian Pop and Nation, and you guys just heard a couple of amazing songs, starting off with Don't Let Go by Wonder. And before that, you guys heard Bloom by Paolo Sandejas, which is from their new EP, Bloom. And even more before that, you guys heard When the Day is Done by Grant Perez. Now, it has unfortunately come to the end of our show, and today you guys heard from me, Ethan, Lee, Tracy, Zinya, Leisha, and of course our new member, Thoroki, which you will hopefully be hearing more about and more from in the future. Um, today we went through uh, a bit of a music corner, of course, and we also went through recent Boys Planet finale episode and Boys Planet in general. And of course, we also brought back the amazing anime attack, which I know you guys all love. And sometimes, not so much, but I digress. Um, We also welcomed our amazing new member for season two, Theruki. And yeah, that is basically it for the show tonight, guys. Um, Yeah, enjoy life, enjoy enjoy listening to music check out boys planet if you guys want to check out all the anime that was mentioned and if you guys do make sure to tell us on asian pop nation across facebook instagram and twitter of course (laughs) 